We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me right now to talk about our friends over at Lamb Chops is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee. We're also going to talk about football, but as always, we got to talk about our guys over at Lamb Chops, sglambchops.com. Follow them on Instagram at sglambchops. Use the promo code CANDLESTICK20 at their website. You get 20% off of high-quality comfortable dope looking clothes i wore some lamb chop shorts and we hung out yesterday chris and i look great i gotta be honest yeah i have basically like all the shorts i wear are lamb chops these days um they're Mm -hmm. just like like we've keep reiterating as the summer continues to blast us with mid to high 90s and triple digit temperatures even here in the central valley um lamb chops are great they're they're mesh they got drawstrings. They got cool patterns. Um, they got pockets. More, they have pockets. Basketball shorts with pockets or just like comfortable athletic shorts, lamb chop shorts in particular. Unbeatable. Like undefeated. Sneaky key, the back pocket. Okay. Because when you wear basketball shorts, typically I got keys. I got a wallet. I got a phone. I've probably got my AirPods. And when you put stuff, all that stuff into front pockets, like you look ridiculous, right? But when you can slide the wallet into the back pocket, for me, that's a big deal. Still yeah, no and, bear shorts though. And and the drawstring keeps keeps everything, you know, keeps everything from sagging down a little bit. Um, just can't say enough good things about lamb chops. Super comfortable, super high quality, uh, looks really cool. Everything you could possibly want from uh from, from an apparel brand. And the brand's mission is to lead the herd with original and high quality clothing, check and check. And they offer one-of-a-kind clothing options from unique statement pieces to everyday essentials. Check and check. Speaking of checks, check them out on Instagram at SGLambChops and go to their website right now, sglambchops.com, and use promo code CANDLESTICK20 for 20% off your order today. All right, we're going to finish up. we got a couple things to knock off in this podcast. First, we're going to finish up our position previews. With uh, all due respect to our guys in the specialist group, kicker, long snapper, punter, we're going to skip them. And we're going to wrap up our position previews with the defensive backs, cornerbacks and safeties. Got a couple things to talk about there. And then Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch spoke. We're recording this Tuesday night. They were spo- they spoke earlier Tuesday. A couple takeaways from that that we will dive into. Tons of stuff. Huge show coming up. Let's go. Blue Lion. 
Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like, we've talked about it coming into camp. Obviously, the injury news coming in and all the uncertainty surrounding it. Unquestionably, the most important position in the sport. And now we have a little bit of clarity, thanks to John Lynch and Kyle Shannon holding a press conference. Mitch Wishnowski dealing with a back injury mm. is not going to be practicing uh we don't know what the time frame is exactly um but our guy was lifting weights a little bit too hard and oh, it just goodness. continues continues the uh the ongoing theme of injuries at the most important position in the game for the Niners um the palace intrigue continues man we just the, the Niners <laughs> just can't get out of their own way when it comes to these injuries to super important players um but we did get a little bit more clarity thanks to John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan today so <laughs> they actually had another injury update that pertains to what we're going to talk about here. But the th- honestly, like John Lynch said in his in his press conference, he said that they're not going to bring in another punter. They don't think this is a long term thing. And they're they're confident. that. But when John Lynch says that they're putting Wisnowski on the NFI, the non-football injury list, because they need the injury to calm down when he says things like that. That's never good. (laughs) They've never been like, yeah, this guy just needs his injury to calm down or whatever phrasing they use. And it's never like, Oh yeah, he's back in two weeks and he's totally fine. So I'm a little concerned. I'm being totally honest. Here's the thing about our guy, Mitch wish is like, he's one of those players and there's a select group of them. Nick Bosa, Trent Williams, like, you don't really need to see these guys perform that much in training camp. You, you Just know the, he's going to be ready. He's going to be ready week one. Keep <laughs> him in bubble wrap, and, and and let the season let just let let's see let's get him primed for week one in Pittsburgh. We don't Although, need all this training camp BS, dude. I love I <laughs> love the idea of Kyle Shanahan looking at these preseason games and going, you know what? These are so dumb. We're not going to punt. You know what, Mitch? Just stay home. <laughs> that we'll three be- on NFI. That would be, I'm not opposed to that. I kind of love it, honestly. Like, why not? Why not just go for yeah. it? For, practice your fourth down shit. Why yeah. not? Yeah, no, I'm with you. Like, you you probably do want to make sure, like, your punt coverage is good. But, like, I'm with you. Like, the preseason is generally terrible and not at all entertaining. If we know for a fact going in that Kyle Shanahan's going to go go for it on every fourth down, the preseason all of a sudden becomes much what like much more fun and much more. Interesting and you want to practice, you want to practice punt coverage, set up a jugs machine, point that shit straight in the air, <laughs> fire some punts, let your guys run. Can't be that hard, right? No. Well, you know, we, you, you want You want your gunners to get some work and you want to see, you know, who the first team gunners are. So you get to, no, for sure when you're filling out your 53 man roster projections, that's, that's mm-hmm. where you start. First team punt get that coverage, placement dialed. Those guys, yeah. those, the, the first team punt coverage tells a lot of the story on who's going to make this football team. So 
<laughs> no, seriously, right. let's talk about Brock Purdy. Enough with the well, uh, okay. Well, no, we got to get to let's. Uh, I want to the other injury thing that ties into our position preview stuff that that we've been doing is uh, Daryl Luter, fifth round pick from South Alabama, is on pup with a knee injury. I guess in one of the last OTAs, John Lynch said he hyperextended his knee, had a pretty deep bone burst, so he's going to be out a few weeks. And that dovetails nicely into our conversation about defensive backs because Luter, it's A, it's going to be hard for a rookie to miss a few weeks and then just jump in and, and compete for a, a real role. So that's that's one thing. But then you start to look at what they have on their on their 53-man roster at corner. And you have Traverius Ward. He's going to be on the team. He's going to start. You have Diamond or Lenore. He's going to be on the team, and he's probably going to start. Isaiah Oliver is the slot corner. And then it's like Samuel Womack and, and Ambry Thomas and... Terrence Mitchell, who they signed today when they put Wisnowski on the NFI. It's they could have a really serious problem at quarter this year. Especially if Diamondor Lenore doesn't pick up where he left off in the playoffs, where he gave up like had two interceptions and give up a touchdown and give up a passer rating like below 30. If he doesn't pick up where he left off, I don't know that they have a real option aside from him. Yeah, I mean, I think Lenore, I think I'm higher generally on Lenore than you are. I don't know that Lenore is like a no, I'm great not down player, on him, but I, I think he's, I think he's league average, at least league average starter right now, maybe a little bit better. I think the upside is certainly there. I think he, I think last year was a really nice year for him. And you remember he was playing pretty well in the slot before he had to move outside when Emmanuel Mosley tore his ACL in that Carolina game. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think like, I think their starters are fine, but to your point, if they lose one of their starters, there isn't a ton there, I guess, depending on how you feel about Samuel Womack. Um, and you know, I guess Ambry Thomas is, could potentially be a really key figure for them, which could also be a bad thing for them, um, based on how last year went. And we're not even sure that Ambry Thomas is, is going to make the team. So, yeah, I think, like, if you lose, I, I think Lenore is going to be fine, assuming he's healthy. Um, Trevorius Ward is obviously a high-level player. And Isaiah Oliver, the 49ers think, was the best slot corner available on the free agent market. I would say probably league average to maybe a little bit better than league average at slot. Mm-hmm. And maybe you cover cover that up with elite linebacker play and obviously a really good pass rush. But, yeah, I mean put it this way i feel a hell of a lot better about the 49ers corner situation now than i did say in 2021 right oh no doubt no doubt they went into it um so yeah i i I just think I, i think they're fine as long as as long as they stay healthy and that's obviously a huge question mark and not super helpful analysis but to your point they have good starters probably not a lot of depth and they are counting on a lot of young um unproven guys to to step up and look if ambry thomas plays like he did at the end of 2021 then you probably Mm -hmm. feel pretty good about it and if samuel womack 
you know, plays. I think he started out well last year. And, you know, we thought this time last year in the summer going in that he was going to win the starting nickel job. Um, And he didn't. That ended up being Lenore until Jimmy Ward had to play there. Uh, Well, Womack won the job out of camp and then and then lost it and then lost it. Right. But so if Womack gets better in year two, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that that's obviously that would obviously be a boon, a boon for them. Given mm-hmm. that he was a you know a fifth round draft pick, anytime obviously anytime you get a fifth round draft pick who's like a contributing player on special teams and potentially a fill in on defense, like that's good. And he's versatile; he could probably play the slot and outside. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they would be banking on Ambry Thomas and Samuel Mack in pretty substantial roles, um, because to like to your point, I don't know that Jai, that, that they're really counting on um, the rookie to. Luter. Daryl Luter, yeah, to be like to be the guy that's, you know, as a as a rookie fifth round pick coming from a small school. Would it surprise you if he ended up on the practice squad just to begin the season? It wouldn't now. And that's kind of yeah. why it's interesting to me, because I thought he was the type of player who just immediately could make an impact on special teams. And then the door isn't necessarily super closed on a rookie who comes into camp and plays well, either battling for a starting job or battling to be like the first corner off the bench. And now to me, the reason I, like I said, the reason, the reason I brought that up and I thought it was, was pertinent is because now if he's missing the first three or four weeks of camp and he's trying to get his sea legs in the NFL halfway through and, He's missing a preseason game. Now, all of a sudden, any opportunity he has to make that kind of impact where he does carve out some kind of defensive role in year one. Now, I think that becomes that that mountain becomes a lot steeper, a lot tougher climb. And that's where I now lean kind of toward what you said. Now, it wouldn't really surprise me if he winds up as a practice squad guy. Yeah, just because he didn't have enough time to really to really prove himself in camp and he's coming off a knee injury. So, you know. Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe he comes in and plays really well, and and Embry Thomas doesn't, and Terrence Mitchell doesn't, and Luter's just kind of the guy. But I think his path to a roster spot gets a lot tougher the more time he misses. I think t- so. Typically, they keep five corners on the fifty-three. Right. I mean, sort of depending on how many safeties you have, right? Maybe it's mm-hmm. five, maybe it's four. If you get a guy that a safety that can play safety and slot corner. Um, I think that guy this year would be friend of the pod, Miles Hartsfield, potentially, Agreed. right? If like if you keep mm-hmm. four corners, um, maybe you have five safeties if or depending on how you view Hartsfield, like Hartsfield could be one of the like be your ninth or tenth DB. Right. Um, but if if it's five, it's it's Lenore, it's Ward, it's Oliver, and then you have probably Samuel Womack, and then one other corner. So like even mm-hmm. if Luter were healthy, like, I don't know, you know, he would have to show a lot in training camp, I think, to, to just win a roster spot. Um, given the Niners propensity to, to like, you know, they, they don't often look at a young corner and be like, oh, yeah, you're, you know, you, you're the guy from the jump. Like, right. you, we're right. giving you a big role. They, they, they really force those young players at that position specifically to earn their trust. And maybe because it's a new coaching staff, Steve Wilkes will look at it a little bit differently, mm-hmm. but history shows that they're not 
you know, they'll they'll take experience over over talent sometimes some and sometimes that can be really frustrating. <laughs> right. right? Um, but with the way corner the cornerback position has gone for them the last few years until they finally solidified it with Traverius Ward. So that's so that's the other thing here is you know, we talk about Diameter Lenore either, you know, regressing or not, or Ambry Thomas. We've mostly seen you reference 2021. We've kind of seen that it doesn't matter that much. At least not not in the regular season. They did. They they had to put Josh Norman on the field in in the divisional playoffs in 2021. Drake Kirkpatrick played meaningful snaps for them in 2021. And it was all just kind of fine. They and lost. that's where I that's mean, where I, that's but, where I wonder just how much the cornerback stuff. Yeah, but you remember like the they the were day. they were leading the league in pass interferences. They lost some games because they couldn't cover anybody. And then ultimately yeah. their road through the playoffs was a lot more difficult. No doubt. Because they lost a bunch of those games early in the season. Well, I think that's why. So I think that's why they went and got uh, why they went and got Traverius Ward. Right. Because it's, they realized a that there's a requisite level of cornerback play. That yeah, to. it was a Richard Sherman effect. Like yeah. you get Richard Sherman and then all of a sudden your secondary is legit. And then in 2019, you go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think, you have one, had a I, think, I think if you have one good corner like Ward, I think you're in this defense. I think you're fine because of what Fred Warner and Trey Greenlaw do in the middle. And if they can get league average slot play from from Isaiah Oliver, honestly, what Diamond Lenore and whoever else do doesn't, I think, matter that much because now it's easier to 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 kind of mask that. But Lenore at the end of the year, like I said, he was really good in the playoffs. But there were a couple games at the end of the season, the Raider game, he really got picked on. But granted, you know, it's Darren Waller and Devontae Adams, and Adams made a couple of unbelievable plays. But then, like, he gets he gets beat for a long touchdown by 37-year-old A.J. Green. We've kind of seen of season. we've kind of seen that, like, particularly maybe late in the year, that even as, as good as the 49ers defense has been, there'll be, like, one game where they give up, like, 30 or 40 points. Yeah. And it's not really indicative of who they are. They just kind of just kind of No doubt. No doubt. Those are just those those are the things like I said, as good as Lenore was in the playoffs and he was outstanding. Those are the things that really stick out in my mind when I talk about, you know, him regressing or maybe not necessarily picking up where he left off. Those are just kind of the things that stick out in my mind. But you said league average slot play. I think that's gonna be the name of my fantasy team this year. <laughs> that's that's outstanding. I love that. <laughs> let's let's talk about the safeties real quick because you have a interesting take about Jair Brown, the Niners first pick in this year's draft. They traded up from 99 or I'm sorry, they sent their 102nd pick out and a couple other ones to move up to number 87. You think that Jair Brown should start? Am yeah, I just let him start. Incorrect. He's played a lot of college what? football. You drafted him to be your starter. I know you love to like not you. I know like the, the Niners love to oh, Gibson. They, they loved him so much that they unseated jimmy ward which still baffles me so wild um but just start him just play him early have deshaun gibson be your insurance policy in case he stinks just let him take his lumps let him play behind the best linebacker duo in the league one of the best pass rushes in the league just you're gonna need him at some point like he's like i said he played a lot of football at penn state he, he started for two two full seasons 
He made a lot of plays. Um, just let him go. Let him go. And like, I just worry that like if, if I'm an opposing offensive coordinator and I'm studying the 49ers all off season, I'm circling 31 and saying, mm-hmm. how can we figure out how to take advantage of, of the guy who was a street free agent who was signed late last summer, who somehow had a really good season. Like how can we take advantage of one of the slowest free safeties in the NFL? And if Mm -hmm. I'm the Niners, obviously they knew that that was an issue because that's why they used their first pick on Jair Brown, somebody who they traded up to get. Just let him go, let him start, let him develop, let him take his lumps, you know, and, and if it doesn't work, then, then you, then you have Tayshawn Gibson sitting there, but I just, if I, I'm leery of just the lack of speed, particularly if the emphasis is going to be keep everything in front of you. Don't, Mm -hmm. don't allow big plays. Like if, if teams, the the 49ers ethos defensively has always been, let's let teams dink and dunk on us. Right. If you're going to score on a 15 play drive. Yeah. If you're going to score on a 15 play drive, getting four yards to play, like, so be it. We're just not going to give up the chunk plays. We're not going to give up the 20, 30, 40 yard Mm -hmm. passes. And I just think you have a better chance with the young guy back there rather than Gibson, who, again, I think offensive coordinators have circled and studied throughout mm-hmm. the entire offseason and said, all right, if we're going to beat San Francisco. We're going to try to figure out ways to get mismatches on 31 because mm-hmm. he's probably slower than 80 percent of the receivers in the league. <laughs> and that's I mean, look, it, no disrespect. He had a great season and it was a really good story. But like, I just, you, you drafted Jerry Brown for a reason, play him, let him go. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because it wouldn't shock me if their plan is to very slowly, because I think they like Jair Brown's versatility and that ability to use him as a third safety, basically, or a, a third linebacker. I think we talked about that when we, when we discussed the 49ers linebackers, maybe the plan is, Hey, Jair Brown is going to be the de facto Sam linebacker and they're going to run a ton of three safety stuff under under steve wilkes and maybe maybe that is the plan but that to me is throwing a lot on the plate of a rookie like hey play this position that you don't really play and have all these responsibilities and so i do kind of wonder if they try and ease him in in camp saying hey you're just going to start out playing just the just a free safety spot and see how he handles that. And then if it turns out that he picks that up and as the as camp or the preseason go on, they can start to kind of sprinkle in some some additional things on his plate where now they're comfortable. Okay, they're going to leave him single high on this play. And then on the next play, they're going to bring him down in the box and he's going to cover a tight end. Then it wouldn't surprise me if they wind up starting him or maybe he gets into that spot as the year goes on but i think that there's a versatility factor that tayshawn gibson has that that brown doesn't just from experience and seeing a ton of offenses and being in being in the niners defense i think that that matters a little bit but ultimately if brown in camping through the preseason shows that, Hey, 
he's not only more athletic, which he is, but hey, there's some versatility that they can that they can use right away. It wouldn't shock me at all if that's the direction they went. But I do think he's going to have to show that he can do those multiple things, like staying up high, coming down in the box, tackling, covering. Like there's there's things he's going to have to prove he can do first. Yeah, yeah. I the Jimmy Ward thing, like I, it just it just sort of baffles me how it all went. It's a weird thing. Again, not not trying to take anything away from Gibson's season, but I I just don't. Like if there's an Achilles heel to the secondary, I think it's him. And so, you know, I, I just, you drafted the guy I think I, and, I, and generally, uh, unless like, unless the dude sucks, like you drafted the guy, let him play. Like he's, he's played enough football to where, in my opinion, that you, and, and it, like big 10 is, it's not the sec, but I, I don't, you know, I don't. I don't know that there's a huge gap between the SEC and Big Ten these days, uh, at least as much as there was like four or five. Classic years ago. Big Ten guy. Classic Big Ten guy. Shout star guy Jimmy Harbaugh getting suspended for four games for lying to people. That's cool. Hilarious. Um, no, I, 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 I'm with you for the most part, but on the Jimmy Ward thing, I think it was more they thought Tayshawn Gibson at free safety and Jimmy Ward at nickel was better than. Samuel Womack at nickel with Jimmy Ward at free safety. Yeah, I, it was definitely a conversation where it was like, this is our best secondary mm-hmm. when you combine the two positions versus this is the better free safety. But I, I just think like for somebody who was on the team as long as Ward was, who was a team captain, who went through position change after position change, who Kyle Shanahan said he loved as much as he did mm-hmm. um, and all of that. I just thought Ward was done kind of dirty and and I think Ward felt it. And that's why he he was pretty eager yeah. to leave in free agency. Um, the, and the maybe price thing, himself out of the 49ers discussions anyway. But the last thing I want to talk about with the secondary, just real quick, I'm fascinated by Miles Hartsfield. I'm so interested to see what the plan is with him, whether he's going to play, whether he's going to like, is he a lock to make the team? Do they think he's going to be the third safety and Tayshawn Gibson's not actually going to be part of it? I have no idea what the deal is there. I love your fascination for like fringe roster guys. Like, I don't know. I'm interested to see what happens with miles Hartsfield. I don't know if I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated. I'm happy for you, man. <laughs> Dude, I'm in the weeds writing about this stuff every single day. I have to pick apart everything. Hey, roster spots 47, 48, 49. Man, that's the difference between winning and losing Super Bowls. Let me tell you. It, it is. It can be. <laughs> it can be. Yeah. I mean, as we've seen with the way injuries can like derail seasons for this team in particular. Yeah, it's 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 just I, I just wouldn't for myself. I wouldn't say fascinated when describing how I'm viewing the no, miles. That's fine. You just situation. don't love ball like I do. Yeah. I'm just not a football guy. Not, <laughs> not, not as much as you are. <laughs> no. I, so no. And the, the reason is because when they signed Hartsfield, it, you just kind of like, Oh, this could be Jimmy Ward light. He's not as good of a player, but he can do a lot of the same things. And maybe that's their plan. But then they draft Jair Brown who d- I think they plan on doing the same thing. So I don't know. I'm interested in that though. Like everyone's like, oh, Trey Lance, Sam Darnold. I'm like, no, no, no. 
Hartsfield v. George Odom. Okay, can can we talk about can we talk about Brock Purdy and Nick Bosa? Yeah, let's Evo let's Samuel take a quick break and then okay. we'll get to let we'll get to the takeaways from John Lynch Kosh and his presser. Hey, it's your friends Kyle and Chris here with SG Lamb Chops, our homies, and our favorite fashion brand. Check them out at sglambchops.com. Go to Instagram and follow them at SG Lamb Chops. What's that? That's a Minnesota-based fashion brand. They were founded in 2012, and they emphasize attention to detail and premium quality, and that's reflected in the Lamb Chops brand cleaver logo. It's so sick. It's such a sick logo. It's just a really clean, just a cleaver, and it's a custom cut and fit for every single piece. Chris, you and I both have a closet full of this stuff, and I've yet to have something from them that I don't like. I think the emphasis is definitely on quality and comfort. And we talked about it before, but we live in an era where comfort is really at the forefront when it comes to clothing. And with all these athleisure brands, very few of them are fashionable. But Lamb Chops takes all that comfort and that quality that you need, and they happen to make very fashionable items. Also, you can get just very comfortable mesh shorts with pockets. We all love those, but they can look a little bit boring sometimes. You can get some leopard print. You can get some inverted leopard print. So the inverted leopard print looks kind of cool. It looks almost like a dark camo. Well, you can get That's regular it. leopard print if you want to stand out a little bit. Um, you and I have both rocked the various animal prints. They're not even animal prints, but they're just you can get shorts with orcas and wolves and lions, mm. favorite animals. Um, you can get basic sweat shorts. Um, everything's just super comfortable, super premium and super stylish. And I think that's, that's just a great combo for, for any clothing brand, but lamb chops really stands out among the rest for that. And, uh, that's one of the reasons why we love working with them. Lamb chops is leading the herd with original and high quality clothing. They offer one of a kind clothing options from unique statement pieces to your everyday essentials. So join the group that's leading the herd SG lamb chops. That's sglambchops.com, And on Instagram, at SG Lamb Chops. Follow them right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. A shocker from Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch's press conference today. Brock Purdy's just cleared. Good to go. Going to go two days on, one day off at camp. He's no restrictions, but he's not throwing three days in a row. He's no restrictions <laughs> except for the restriction of <laughs> of practicing. I think that old John, chestnut. I think what John Lynch meant was like there are no restrictions in terms right. of when he is practicing. Like he's just right. full go, like he's practicing. But right. like they're, they're not worried. Like he can throw a deep ball, or he can, you know, right. throw he a twenty it, yard he can out. Do everything in practice. He right. can do everything, and the velocity is more or less there, but. It's only going to be two out of three days for the first, I guess, for the foreseeable future. Couple weeks. Couple weeks. So, till that arm I, calms down. I mean, look, that's that's pretty big news, right? Because I think, given that, you know, and, and I'm not a guy who who think like the longer you've been in the league, the more the less important the off season program is. Like, it's not. Ne- it was never really an issue like with some of the elite quarterbacks like Tom Brady like never participated in the offseason program right and it never really mattered he was still able to win Super Bowls despite not having an offseason but when you're Brock Purdy and you only have a handful of starts under your belt you would love for that guy as your new starting quarterback who has never had a full NFL offseason to get as many reps as possible in the offseason and he wasn't afforded that because of the elbow surgery so the fact that he's starting camp, not on an injury list, that he will be getting the starters reps, I think is a really positive development for them I agree. Um, because it would have been a hell of a lot harder, in my opinion, to win week one had Brock Purdy just had like two weeks of practice. Totally agree. And again, not a big preseason guy, but at least like you can trot him out there. And he can like get some reps and like the first, you know, his first snap in week one won't be his first snap since the elbow injury or trying to play through the elbow injury in Philadelphia. That's, that's the big deal. That's the big deal for me is he now gets this huge runway to figure out what he is comfortable with, what he's not comfortable with. Cause Nick Mullins talked about to friend of the pod and our favorite cast member, Nick Wagner. In, in a story that Nick did about, about Purdy's elbow injury, Nick Mullins talked about that mental hurdle and overcoming that the mental aspect of that recovery. And that that was my biggest concern with Purdy. I think medicine is at the point that I, I didn't really have a huge concern about his elbow, but it's like, is it going to look like Jimmy Garoppolo when he first came back from his ACL? Remember that, that preseason game against the Broncos and it looked like Garoppolo had never played quarterback before? So now he gets... Like you said, it's more than just that two weeks of practice. Now he can get live reps. He can take it easy in those practices and doesn't have to just crash course his way through it. This is, for the 49ers, I think the best news they could have possibly gotten. Yeah, and it takes it takes some of the focus off of Trey Lance, right? Like Trey Lance and Sam Darnold are very much competing for the backup job. And, and said as much. there was this odd thing on the internet and i think it was mostly like national outlets and even like pff who were like well with brock purdy uncertain 
the job is definitely Sam Darnold's to lose, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, guys, like it's going to be Brock's <laughs> like right. whenever, like, you know, we could say the injury uncertainty, whatever the, the uncertainty was, when is he coming back? Not, is he the starting quarterback? The, un- the like, that was always the uncertainty. It's, it, it was, you know, what's the time frame and when is he going to be a hundred percent? Not is Brock Purdy, the starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. There was uncertainty, but I think it was just labeled the wrong way by people who weren't who haven't been paying attention as closely as people in the market or who have yeah. been listening to everything Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have been saying all offseason. Yeah. So, you know, I I'm curious to see. Like, I, I think I'm, I'm fairly certain the Niners are just going to have three quarterbacks on the 53 man roster. And. I mean, obviously, you know, if Brock Purdy ends up being the long-term starter, Trey Lance's future is is probably not long for the team. But I think yep. he he obviously has a better opportunity to stick with the 49ers if for whatever reason, and we're knocking on wood because we don't want anybody to get hurt, but like he's he's definitely not gonna stick with the 49ers if he's the third string quarterback. Or like I would say the chances of him sticking in any capacity with the 49ers beyond this season are infinitely lower. If he's a third string quarterback compared to if he's the backup where he's just an injury away from replacing Purdy. And then may, you know, if Purdy has a high ankle sprain four to six week injury, right? Trey Lance comes in and the Niners go five and one in those games. Mm-hmm. And Lance has a three to one touchdown to interception ratio. And the 49ers are averaging 30 points a game. Like that's to me, that's still possible with Trey Lance. I agree. But that's not happening if Trey Lance doesn't beat out Sam Darnold and Sam Darnold's the one who gets those reps. Right. And then it's like, then then they're trading Trey Lance as soon as they can. Well, and that's just a problem that Trey Lance isn't better than Sam Darnold. Like, I don't care what offense Sam Darnold is or is not in. If you're not better than him or good enough to, to beat him out for a backup quarterback role, like that to me sends up a lot of red flags about Trey Lance just in general. There are, and I can't wrap my mind around this because there are a lot of smart football people who have horrendous takes. (laughs) And there are some not so smart football people that have good takes like this happens. Like there's no like, but there have been, and these have been, you know, listening to Steve Young talk with Matt Mayoko or other conversations that I've had with prominent members of the football media who would know like former players who are like big Sam Darnold guys. And I just like, I'm just like, I don't see it, but I'm not going to tell you that I know more about football than you do. Steve right. Young and other people that said, asked not <laughs> to ask not to speak on the record about this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, I don't know. There, there are a lot of smart people who are big Sam Darnold guys. And so, it's, it's hard to wrap my mind around because we've watched him play a lot of really bad football. But at the same time, this is a team that also watched Alex Smith play horrendous football before turning into a very serviceable starting quarterback. So I kind of wonder this, a uh, couple of things to touch on here. One, as far as Sam Darnold goes specifically, I kind of wonder if the Kyle Shanahan offense fixes everyone magic 
is going to start to wear off a little bit the more teams see and practice against Kyle Shanahan's offense because so many teams are running variations of it. I I genuinely wonder if that's going to be a thing. And yeah. Sam Darnold's Sam Darnold's talent has never been in question. It's once the play starts, he sees ghosts. That famous <laughs> clip on on Monday Night Football. Like that's that's the big issue here. It's less a is he talented enough? Can he make the throws? Can he do this? Can he do that? It's like, man, are we certain that he's not just going to start throwing it into linebackers' chests? That's yeah. the that's the question. I do think, and I don't know how much of this is like directly a quarterback conversation, but I do think one of the more underrated things about Kyle Shanahan is his adaptability and willingness to evolve. Mm-hmm. Because season to season, like generally his offense looks the same. The bones of it are the same, right? It's a lot mm-hmm. of outside zone. It's a lot of play action off of outside sure. zone. But like he's extremely adaptable. No doubt. Which I think is why we we can talk about his offense being sort of quarterback proof. Because whether it's evaluating opposing defensive tendencies or weaknesses in their personnel or guys to exploit or being like, well, we have no running backs. Let's put Debo Samuel at running back and turn him into this supernova that is completely unique to the league. Mm -hmm. Or whether it's 2019 and everyone expects us to run outside zone every play. So midway through the season, we start running gap schemes and power. And then Mm -hmm. Raheem Mostert rushes for 10,000 yards in the NFC championship game against the Packers. Mm -hmm. Like there, there have been countless examples, like adapting Christian McCaffrey and turning him into the the queen on the chessboard, despite coming in mid season and not having any experience in the offense. Like that to me is what makes Kyle Shanahan's offense sort of quarterback proof because he does adapt. And there are like, I, I think he's like a a big part of his off season. And I don't know whether this is something he does on his own or how much like all of his lieutenants who are now like OCs or offense or head coaches in other markets Mm -hmm. have helped him with this, but they're like, all right, what's the cutting edge that we need to ride this year? Like what, how can we evolve this year and give defenses a wrinkle that they haven't seen before? Mm -hmm. And I think ultimately that, that can make up for, having just like a super average quarterback yeah yeah no doubt for what it's worth i want this on the record right now i think it's going to be more multiple tight end sets <laughs> yeah. i'm going to see more two tight end stuff this year that's bigger my, that's my bigger opinion. personnel um couple couple other things that stood out speaking of quarterbacks kyle shanahan started laying the groundwork for brandon allen to be qb3 and i say that because of this quote from kyle shanahan it was so the thought uh, this is a quote. So the thought was always that we would just we would just keep it doing the same with Trey and Sam, talking about splitting first and second team reps. But I always was ready that this could happen. So the fact that this did happen is good, talking about Brock Purdy coming back. But Brandon came on and did a really good job in OTAs. So that's, to me, what makes it a little harder how to fit in a fourth guy. But he earned that, and so that's what we're going to have to figure out as a staff with reps and everything. The ones and twos pretty much get the same reps, so it's not a problem with ones and twos. The threes are the ones who don't get as much. 
So, so they went from, okay, Sam Darnold and Trey Lance are going to split the first and second team reps and Brandon Allen will get the crumbs to Brock Purdy's going to get the first team reps. Darnold and, and Lance have to split the second team reps. And then these third team reps that were normally sprinkles are now they're adding a third. It's a mess. This is a mess. If they're going to try and have three quarterbacks <laughs> splitting second team reps, that is a disaster, dude. So, and Brandon Allen, really? <laughs> That's what we're doing. So typically what happens in training camp is the fourth string quarterback just gets, gets no snaps, right? right. There, that there's first, second, third team. And then the four string guy is usually an undrafted free agent or just somebody who's might be on the practice squad. Brandon Allen has probably exceeded that right by the way he's played. And I'm not closing the door on him, maybe unseating the loser of the Trey Lance, Sam Darnold battle. Um, but I think it's more likely that Brandon Allen's getting like legitimate reps on the days that Brock Purdy's not practicing every third day. Mm-hmm. Right. And then mm-hmm. I don't know, like, look, they're not, the, the thing is, is they're not moving on from, they're not cutting Trey Lance. Right. So they're not moving on from Trey unless they get offered a trade and I think they would probably do it for a fourth round pick. So like, I think more likely than, and who knows, because Brock Purdy came from out of nowhere to winning the backup job, basically, or winning the third string job, becoming the backup and then becoming the starter. So like, who knows? Like guys, the, the, when Brock Purdy was drafted, it was assumed he was the, the, well, I guess he, when when Jimmy Garoppolo resigned, Brock Purdy was essentially the fourth string quarterback because mm-hmm. Brock was essentially the third stringer because Garoppolo wasn't on the team or was looking looking like he was going to get traded. Anyway, it's so complicated talking about this stupid team. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't know. I I just have a hard time imagining. Brandon Allen getting a ton of reps or four or like four quarterbacks getting a ton of reps on any given day. I think whoever the fourth quarterback is, whether it's Brandon Allen or whether it's Sam Darnold, whether it's Trey Lance, that guy's only getting reps on the days that Brock Purdy is not practicing. Cause right. there's that I've, I, I've, I've covered Niner training camp since 2013 and I've never seen a fourth string quarterback get tons of reps. It's just never happened. It's usually just three guys who are getting reps and even the third guy is getting like seven or eight snaps in full team or seven on seven drills per practice. So, and the fourth so guy is usually so, just watching. So their former number three overall pick who's been hurt twice in two years and needs all the reps he can get is likely going to be on some days resigned to a fourth QB where he's getting next to or it's Sam Darnold. We don't know that. I mean, we don't know who it's going to be. My 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 guess is is it's going to rotate. Yeah, like some days it'll be Purdy, Lance, and Allen. Some days it'll be Purdy, Purdy, Darnold, and Lance. 
I just, man. There are some positions and it hasn't really happened with quarterback, but there are some positions like receivers specifically, like one of the weird things about Niners training camp has been there are there. The the receivers are not tied to whatever team is on the field, like start whatever string is on the field. Like there have been undrafted rookies and practice squad guys working with the starters. And while Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk just kind of aren't really getting a whole lot of reps because they haven't needed a ton of reps, right? So it that that's the one tricky thing with training camp is like we can count everybody's reps and where they're lining up. Some positions it doesn't matter at all, mm-hmm. and in some cases it doesn't matter at all. And sometimes they just want to get guys reps. I don't know. I I I'm more curious to see what it looks like at practice than to hear what Kyle Shanahan has to say about Brandon Allen in no doubt a press conference. Another thing out of the press conference, Nick Bosa not reporting. That's not that big of a deal. He's not going to practice until he has a contract, which is just the right thing to do for a player in his position. And it's also not a surprise that the negotiation might bleed into camp a little bit because it's probably one that's going to make him the highest paid non-quarterback in the league. So I didn't find any of that news surprising. It wasn't surprising, but like Joey Bosa, Nick's brother held out, I think well, like he didn't sign until late August. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, when he held out, I think so there, it's just, we don't know what the specifics of this conversation of these conversations are. Right. So mm-hmm. we don't know how far off the two sides are. Yeah. I generally come back to the idea that like the Niners get these deals done with their guys in a relatively timely manner. Um, they did it with George Kittle. They did it with Fred Warner. Um, so I think I think it'll get done. I'm just really curious to see, like, does Nick Bosa want a short-term deal or a long-term deal? Because mm-hmm. you can make the case that, like, yeah, if you're Nick Bosa, sign me up for six years and mm-hmm. however many millions. But you could also say, no, I want, I want a higher percentage of fully guaranteed money over the short term, over a three-year deal. So I can get a bite at the apple again in my prime three years from now with a chance to hit free agency. Sure. Or, you know, does his history of injuries make him want more long-term security? That's the thing. That's the thing that jumps out to me. Yeah. So like, does, you know, is, is, are they negotiating which, which way are the negotiations going and are like, like, are they close on money? Are they close on guarantees? Are the they fact, close on years? The fact that nothing like that has leaked yet is a good sign to me. Yeah. Like the you fact know, that like there hasn't stuff... been that report of Bosa and Niners so far apart or something like right. that is a right. is a good sign to me. I would agree with that. I I think we're far too early to be concerned. Like we said, like Nick Bosa does not need training camp. Um, much like Mitch Wisnowski, not a guy I'm concerned about <laughs> in terms of practicing totally. in August. Um, but the longer this goes on, the more our antennas go up and say, all right, this doesn't seem great. The fact that, mm-hmm. you know, it's we're two weeks in August and Nick Bose is still not signed yet. At that point, we probably would be getting leaks. 
there probably would be reports about two sides not being close. You know, they're, they're far apart on years and guarantees. But I think just the general parameters make a lot of sense. Like, Nick Bosa just won Defensive Player of the Year. He's been on, you know, a lot of elite defenses or like in a relatively short time in his career. He has arguably the best defensive line coach in the NFL. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't really have reasons to leave unless you want to i don't want to touch on the off the field stuff or the political stuff but like unless that stuff's really sticking in his crop which i don't think it is um there's been no indication that the that one of the sides either side is hesitant to do a deal yeah yeah i think i think it's going to work out i think he's probably going to make something like 35 million dollars a year i just don't know if it's going to be like fully guaranteed over three years so nick bosa can go back to the free agent well in three years sure or if it's going to be like a six-year deal so bosa locks up as much long-term security as he can like that's this is probably a very very complicated negotiation based on those things right do you remember how complicated trent williams deal was when he was a free agent yeah, a like couple two, years ago year deals. it was basically two three-year deals and just you know, looking at f- what future cap numbers are and tra- making it so, you know, you can get bigger cap, you can get more money in years where after the cap spikes and the new the new media deals hit and all of that. Like there's there's just a lot of complicating factors to this one, probably. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's not surprising that it's it's not as cut and dry as some of the other ones. Overall, as of right now, my outlook would be I'm optim I would be optimistic if I were a Niner fan to like that it's gonna get done soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it drags on, then it's gonna be like, all right, is this ugly and you know, is is this gonna bleed into the regular season? I tend not to think so, but who knows? We know the Boses are smart business people, right? Who are willing to hold out based on based on how Joey has gone about his business with the Chargers, so We'll see, but I'm not like once he's signed, I'm not worried. Like if Nick Posa doesn't have a sack in the first two weeks, I'm definitely not going to be like, oh, should have signed his contract and reported to reported to camp during the first couple weeks. Yeah, because <laughs> you know? I'll occupy that hill. <laughs> Get on the goddamn field. No, <laughs> Nick Bosa would uh, have three he's, sacks. He's under. Right now. Hey, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize he wasn't under contract right now. Maybe he should be honoring that. (laughs) That's the worst take. Last thing, and then we'll get out of here. Debo Samuel sending Kyle Shanahan a bunch of shirtless picks. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I don't know the... uh, Debo showing up to camp in shape would be a pretty significant upset. It would be certainly a welcome development for the Niners. I have no comment on Debo sending Kyle Shannon shirtless picks. <laughs> if you, I, I, I would, I guess it would be. I, I say I have no comment when I'm gonna before I make a comment. I guess it would be yeah, a. You're little on a bit, podcast. We kind of need a comment. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little weird, like when people go really out of, like really far out of the way to prove something to somebody when it's just kind of like, no, I, I can take your word for it, man. Like you, you know, like you, cause I guarantee you Kyle Shanahan wasn't like, Hey Debo, send me shirtless picks to prove you're in shape. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? 
So like sure. Devo kind of doing this on his own volition to like, no, man, I really am in shape. It's like, OK, it's unnecessary. But, you know, if you feel a need to prove it to me, then then I guess I believe you. I overall like we're there's obviously and we've talked about this a bunch. There's obviously a pattern with Debo and it goes back to college with like injury slash disappointing season. Great season injuries. Like it's it's off and on like the Giants when mm-hmm. they were a dynasty in the 2000 when it was whatever even the even year thing the 2010 2012 2014 yeah, right yeah. that's how the san francisco giants san francisco giants um that's sort of how debo operates but it's mm-hmm. odd years like 2021 he was awesome 2019 mm-hmm. he was good 2020 wasn't great 2022 obviously wasn't great i mean mm-hmm. it wasn't terrible it wasn't as bad as debo talks about it but like we're probably due for Debo being like really good again, assuming he's healthy. Yeah. So I think that's ultimately the most important thing, but yeah, I don't know. Like if I'm him being in shape bodes well for his health. If I'm feeling really great physically, I don't know that I'm sending anybody shirtless picks to prove it. (laughs) I've been back in the gym. I'll start. (laughs) I'll start hitting the group chat. Yeah. I've been back in the gym. Oh, cool, man. That's great shirtless pick no i totally believed you dog you no, did not have to do that i didn't need all that <laughs> show up to golf no shirt right get... lamb chop shorts no shirt let's go all right the uniform that's it that's it for today's pod the 49ers begin practice uh if you're listening to this wednesday they might be practicing right now or about to practice or finish practice but we will be back later this week we'll talk 53 my roster projection we'll talk any training camp news and we will have all the training camp updates for you um throughout this uh this next couple of months leading up to the season opener subscribe rate review if you have not done that visit lamb chop sglambchops.com promo code candlestick 20 get 20 percent off your order there shout out to tyler our producer for doing his producer stuff and shout out to you for listening please keep doing so we'll be back later this week Shout out to Mitch Wisnowski. Feel better from one uh, one Santa Barbara City gap shot to another. Big ups. Prayers up. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.